Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Marrying with Movies. I am one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Who now has evidence that you struck me. No, that was you hitting that yourself. That was you slapping me so hard that was you on hitting my your... arm and my elbow area. That was you hitting yourself. Why did you have to hit me so hard? Woke you up, didn't it? it yes, it actually did because well, I was shocked. You hit me so hard. That's so mean. You can't take the heat. Get out the kitchen. We're in the couch. <laughs> We're never in the kitchen. We could be. Jillian's the one that's always in the kitchen now because whatever reason, she likes to go in there and lay down. <laughs> she just likes to lay on the floor. Maybe because the tile is cool. I don't know. I don't know. She's complaining that she's cold. And then she just goes and lays down in the kitchen. And then she tries to get in everywhere she can't get into. Then she starts throwing her crayons away. Not even the ones that are broken. Well, the broken ones I told her to throw away. Yeah, and then she starts grabbing actual crayons and just throwing it's them okay, in the trash. okay, we've got like 17 boxes of crayons. She'll be fine. If you're new here, what we do is lament about our lives, beat each other up. No. No, that's not movies. what we do. I've never struck you. On the record. Or off the record. You hit me all no, the time. No, I mean, there's evi- people people we know know that we've played hamburger chips quite a few times. And the only reason why we play that game is so we can slap each other in the face. So if you're unaware of the game Hamburrito Chips... Um, the November Boys! Was it created by Jeff Spalding? Sure. Happy We're birthday, Jeff. to him, yeah. Our, our buddy Jeff. At some point uh, this month. It's a variant of rock, paper, scissors. Uh, where you throw either hand, burrito, or chips. Like, and you have to, like, make your... Yeah, like, well, the hand is just, it's basically paper, but, like, it's held up like you're going to smack a bitch. Burrito is like you're holding a burrito. And then chips is like, you know, you, like... Like, like you're holding a chip. Chip in your hand. Uh, so the way it works is, basically, the goal of the game is to, like, have a burrito, right? If both people throw burrito, you the stop game's and you over, go get a burrito. and you go get a burrito. Uh... If I don't if, remember the semantics of the game. All I remember is that if you do hand, then the, you then slap you each slap... other in the face until somebody does burritos. Yes. If you throw chips, it's then nothing. like you, I think like nothing. chips is like you lose. I know Jeff will be here this weekend. I'll make sure to get the actual ru- rules to hand burrito chips on the record. And next week's episode, we'll have that for you. So if you want to go play at home, you you can. But don't. Don't tell us about it. We don't want to be held responsible for any domestic violence calls. And we play this in front of people, and everyone's like, what are you doing? We're like, playing hand burrito chips? And then we forget that, like, that's not a reference people get. Right, right, yeah, nobody but Jeff knows. Um, anyway. And we're both so competitive that neither one of us will just, like... No, we played nutball once. Burritos. Too. And also, we're both very indecisive, too. But yeah, we like to compete. We hate losing, especially if we're losing to each other. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot easier for me than it is for you because it's few and far between when I lose. Mm-hmm. You finally just beat me in rock, paper, scissors the other day for the first time in, like, weeks. Yeah, it's because I really don't mind. I don't Jillian's really mind diaper. changing Jillian's diaper. Bullshit. That's the reason why is because... You know what? But I'm the winner in life, so you could go suck a dick. Cool. We also watch movies on this show when we review them. Talking about su- sucking dick, 
Let's segue into the movie we watched this week. There's nothing else going on in the world? Nothing else Man. we need to cover? By the time you're hearing this, we could be in a much better place politically or a True. much worse place politically. And True. I don't really know what to say because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yes, we're recording this on November 5th. So that would be a Remember, remember the 5th of November. We timed this poorly. When November 5th falls on a Thursday, we have to watch V for Vendetta. Fine. And invite AJ Artillas to come and do it with us. Because that's like his favorite movie. That's the only fact I know about AJ Artillas. Hey, okay. what's up? You don't listen to this. Yeah. Augie no. doesn't listen to this. Augie <laughs> doesn't know we do this show. Nobody on the Artillas family watches anything on a regularly scheduled basis. No, I'm sure Lisey does. She has her life together. No. <laughs> I just refuse to believe it. Um, up front, I want to make sure everyone knows to remember to go to arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets, vote in the 2014 Mullet Awards. We got the 2018 Mullet Awards, like the ones we've actually been working on this whole year, coming right around the corner. Oh, man, they are. i got to make sure my lists are up I, to date. I, I, I've been keeping a list as well. I have, too. Well. So there's no excuses Don't look this on year. mine. Oh, look, I don't need to cheat or look off of yours, please. Um, yeah. And also patreon.com slash arcade audio. If you didn't get a chance to go listen to Samantha's Halloween special over there with Tatiana and Carly, uh, make sure you go over there and listen to it for $5 a month. You get uh, that and all the other bonus episodes across the arcade audio network of shows. Um, it's a good one. Let us know your feedback if you did listen to it. Um, I hope you enjoyed my snoring in the background. Probably the most entertaining part of the whole thing. Um, as I get flicked off. Mm. Yeah, but no, nothing else really happening. Um, haven't had a chance to go see any movies. Nope. Nope. Do anything nope. else? Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Hopefully Veterans Day, we're going to try to squeeze them in since we work in banks. We're closed yeah, yeah. on the Monday. We're going to try to squeeze some movies in, but we also have to get ready for the holidays. So we're not sure what's happening. But we'll let you know as soon as we do. There you go. Now, we can get into today's movie. My nomination, the film Trapped in Paradise, is the, the podcast, a movie uh, from my childhood that I remember fondly. Stop stalling while you read so you don't fuck up the pronunciation. Small town, big trouble. You almost fucked that up. Oh, you didn't. Shut up. The story of a town that gave so much, even these guys couldn't take any more. Nicholas Cage, Dana Carvey, and John Lovitz are the larcenist Furpo brothers. Bill, played by Cage, is a good-hearted guy doing his best to keep pathological liar... Well, no, that's, a, that's a typo. <laughs> a ty- can I get that one? I, I added a word. Because I saw pathological... Keep going, keep going. Pathological Dave, played by John Lovitz, and kleptomaniac Alvin, played by Dana Carvey, out of trouble. But the two small-time crooks lure their brother into robbing a bank in the small town of Paradise, Pennsylvania, where pulling off the heist is a snap compared to getting out of the town after a snowstorm hits. And the brothers soon discover that all their big city smarts are useless against the unsuspecting good-hearted townsfolk who shower them with kindness at every turn. There's like three grammatical errors, missing words, or typos in this entire thing. All right, fine. I bettered this. I'm putting a star by it. Bullshit! I'm putting sure by it because it's not pathological liger. It's just pathological. To keep, to keep pathological Dave? It's an ad, It's being used as an adjective here. It's a bunch of horseshit. You're a bunch of horseshit. I know you think this movie's a bunch of horseshit. I, well, I mean, let's get right into it then. Why don't we? This movie. Let's, all right. Where do you want to start? You tell me. I've... I've watched this movie probably more than most human beings on the planet Earth should. So that's what's wrong with it. It's you? one of those awful cable movies. I've never seen this on television. Seen, I mean, when I was a child, yeah, I saw it Yeah, on a lot. cable in Ohio. I had this on VHS. So also I watched was it this on recorded, VHS all the time. No, was, was this bought. recorded at the end of another VHS? Oh, okay. No, was, you I actually bought this one for some reason. I don't. It's before my mother uh, hooked a VCR up to another VCR and, and recorded movies for me. Um, That's not how it works, bro. Yeah, it actually is. You don't know that? Well, I don't know what 
old you, school technology you were using, I had one where you could do it from the same thing. My mom had a TV and it had two things, and you could record oh, you had a dual, it. Oh yeah, we a dual VCR. No, we had we, suck a dick. Welcome we, to Miami. We had two VCRs. Um, so I saw I've seen this movie a lot. Never realized because of Rich. Rich also owned this movie. I'm or done. We, or, or, or it I'm came done. up. I'm done. I don't. No. Nope. And we both nope. talked about. Shut up. I'm not. Am I supposed to be both, surprised by this? And we both talked about how much we like love this movie, and then find out that it's got like dog shit everything reviews. Everyone hated making it. It's called trap. They all called it trapped in bullshit. Uh, the director didn't direct, and Nicolas Cage to like basically take over and give notes, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and it still holds a certain place in my in my heart. So for you, having seen it for what you claim is the first time, even though I'm pretty sure it it's is not. the first time. It's totally the first time. I've never seen this movie before. Never. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that this movie existed. I didn't know that you and Rich held this movie in such high regard. All right. Now, what part do you want me to start with? You just... Did you like it? More than I thought I would. Oh, I sense a theme here recently with everything that yeah, I yeah. have brought I sense to a the theme. table. I sense a theme, too. You've completely demolished any standards I once had on multiple levels. <laughs> Good God, that would be the meanest thing that's ever been said to anybody that's ever. That's not true. I, that's not true. And I'm not going to say it on this show. <laughs> Besides that one thing I said to you a long time. <laughs> that I know <laughs> That's the second meanest thing anyone's ever said to anybody ever. Cool. Uh, <laughs> see, that's how you know we're in love and we've been together for so long is that we yeah, just know what the other long. person's saying or thinking before it's even said. Um, so you liked it more than you thought it would. I'll take that as a victory. Sure. Do you want me to get into the parts I didn't like? Uh, in just a second. I will say, like, having watched it, this go-around, this movie's ridiculous. It's it's so ridiculous. It's got so many fucking gaping holes and nonsensical, like, not even developments. It's just, like, this is almost two hours. It's an hour and 51 minutes, and it just, like, stumbles along. Yeah. It, like, makes a point, completely veers off from it, comes back to it, completely veers off, comes back, leaves it, and you never resolve it, goes there's, there's somewhere. There's a lot of continuity issues. Yeah. I, how this takes place over, like, one day, basically, I feel like. It's a long-ass day. It's Christmas it's Eve. daylight savings. And it's Christmas Eve. That's how our day felt yesterday. Yeah, it felt really. so long. It's... Christmas Eve, happy birthday to me. There are... There is a good, like... 20 to 30 minutes, I feel like, in this movie. There's some funny lines. There's some good interactions. Mm-hmm. I, most, I agree with most that. Most of the performances are pretty good. I heard you laughing good. out loud a few times. Yeah, like, it's it's also because I'm, like, remembering things and stuff. Like, there's a lot of, like, good in this. Sure. There's a lot of other that just is, like, really off-kilter. You can see Nicolas Cage's influence on this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not to say he's bad in this movie. I, yeah. I think he's pretty good. Uh, when did this what, movie come out? 1994, 95. Cool. Can we talk about it? Yes. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Please. So, as you heard in that title, in in that in the um, reading of the back of the box, there, mm-hmm. this is movie is about bank robbery. It's not, it, it has a bank robbery in it. And this movie has a bank robbery in it. And right before we started watching this movie, Mullet was like getting something from the fridge, and like gave the biggest like angry yell ever. I was like, I forgot that this movie had a bank robbery in it. Because if you're new to this show, I work in a bank, and I don't take kindly to the terrible bank robbery scenes or banking transaction scenes, just how they portray the entire banking industry in these movies. I Um, also work in banking. But I think it's a crock of shit. At least make it realistic. At least let me believe it. Um, you didn't work in a fucking bank 23 years ago when everything could have been fucking different. Yeah, it wasn't that different. It could have been. Okay, so the you security guard was going to walk right in with a fucking unsealed burlap sack there and say, oh, there's $250,000 here. Here you go. All, so everyone can hear it? $275,000. Your listening skills need to improve. 
So then everyone in the bank can hear it? Yep, that's real safe. I'm sure that... uh, You're right. It was different. That was different in 1984. You're right. Look, look, look. Mm -hmm. I hate when we watch these movies because of how annoying you are with them. But am I wrong? Am I wrong? Even I, when that happened, I was like, oh, come on! Okay, yeah. Am I wrong? Exactly. I was like, you ain't gonna show up. It should be in a, I think that it's always been in a tamper evident unmarked bag. bill, sequential, yada, yeah. yada. I think that they've always been in tamper evident bags, not burlap sacks. Okay? And the other thing. This takes place on what day? Christmas Eve? Yes. December 24th? Yes. 1994? Why the fuck there's so many people in the bank on Christmas Eve? People get money last minute. You know how busy this is Winterfest. Tourists and stuff. Granted, they're probably not members of the bank. But again, it was a different time. Okay. How busy, how busy was Christmas Eve last year for you? It wasn't dead. Cool. But it wasn't packed. Cool. Why? Because small town... Like, you work at a rather large bank. So that makes a little sense, right? Mostly merchants, right? Getting change and stuff like that since they're open over the holiday, right? Small banks, like this small-ass little bank, would not have that many people in it because they would not have that much business. How many people fucking live in this town? Everybody goes to the bank on Christmas Eve? That's what. That's the Christmas Eve tradition? The Winterfest is going on. Yeah, but and like you said, those people wouldn't be part of the bank. They would need two forms of ID and a thumbprint. It was 1984, and something like that. I don't care. SIP guidelines were still in place. Okay, and also, why wasn't there dual control in place? How come the bank president, one, takes a lunch on Christmas Eve when, obviously, most banks close early on Christmas Eve? Why would he need to take a lunch? And why would it be at such an odd time? And why would he be the only one when it's that busy? If you're the manager and it's that busy, you don't go on lunch. And why was he the only one with the key? And he's the only one with access. That is embezzlement right there. That screams possibilities of embezzlement, lack of dual control functions. There's all kinds of problems with this bank. No wonder they got robbed. Why is the vault locked during business hours? What if what if you need to access it? You had so much business coming in. Every, the winter fest, all the tourists. You need to do large withdrawals. You have large deposits. Why is the vault locked during business hours? That doesn't make sense. Are you done? No. I am not done. So I can I can I talk, am not done. So I can actually talk about the actual point, funny the last point, parts about this. The last point yes. that shitty ass vault with a shitty ass only the key opens it? Bullshit. You need a key and a combo. Even if it was just under one person's control, there'd still be dual control parts. You'd still need to open a vault that held all that money, two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars worth of money. You would need multiple ways to get into it. But where the fuck does this bank get off getting fucking laser beams in the floor as it took their you long security? Enough. It took you long enough. Look, they have... A, and then I gave up taking notes. There's like a 142-year-old uh, guard at the door. Mind <laughs> you, we have a branch that is in like the worst part of town in like Florida. But not even like Orlando. That has, like, one security guard in it at all times. And there's, like, 30 people that work in that building. And no other branches that are more busy don't have a security guard. But they had to hire fucking fucking Don Rickles' grandfather to be the security guard for their place. Not following up on your security cameras at all. They were unplugged. Unplugged. And then, yeah. Aren't you supposed to check those every morning red lasers. When you come in? Wait, are we in the Louvre and you're trying to protect the fucking Mona Lisa? I know that's not correct, but no, whatever. No, that is correct. The Louvre isn't. The, the Mona Lisa isn't oh, the Louvre. Oh, cool. Good. What, what city is that? that? Paradise, Pennsylvania. No, what city is the oh, museum sorry. in? Paradise, France. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Fucking. Like, okay, that was just. Such a level of ridiculous, I had to laugh at it. Because it just built up to that. Yes. It was so funny. Plenty of ludicrous banking-related things. The movie itself is like... Let me get off my soapbox. I spent 15 minutes on it. Shit, no shit. Um, The movie itself and all of it is just... 
absurd. Like it, it's, it is. but I like it. Like it's, I like these fish out of water, you know, snowball effect comedies. Yeah. No, I like it. And this, oh, you like it now. Good. No, I did. I just did not. I said, you know, I usually have a problem with anything related to banking in a movie because they don't portray it well. I think the town is the closest. What is that? My toenail finally fell off. Are you fucking I, kidding? That's disgusting. Yeah, so I, I, when you were with Jillian, so I had to put a bandaid on it because it was bleeding everywhere. I thought that that was the toenail. No. That's the band-aid? No, it's the band-aid. I didn't see. Yeah, my here's my toenail. It's got Ariel on it. Um, we have a two-year-old daughter. That's disgusting. Can I see? I can't see. Ew, ew. That's so gross. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Oh, come on. Don't do this. Like, oh, if you want to listen to Samantha almost barf, uh, go to Potswoggle and listen to the Candy Rumble in a couple weeks. I know it's going to sound totally out of context for everybody, but don't worry about it. Um, no, I mean, so it sets up, God, there's so much, there's so much. Well, let's start, let's start from the top. Oh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to come, I'm trying first, to remember, because we also watched this like a week ago. Well, first you have Nick Cage, John Lovitz, <laughs> Dana and Dana Carvey. All coming brothers. from one snatch. Who played the mom? Who played the mom? She, she did a good job. She's very good. I enjoy. I said her. it earlier, like, when we get to MVP and LVP, it's going to be difficult it for is. me, kind of, because, like, everyone does a really good job. They, like they, they own it. In the midst of, like, this thrown together, haphazard, so, yeah, overcrowding, we're giving early parole to a ton of people yeah. for Christmas. Bullshit. Um, yeah, shout out, though, to, uh, what's her name? Here. Uh, Florence. Mm-hmm. I like, what's her name? Florence Stanley. She has one of my favorite insults in movie mm-hmm. history. You're dumber than a box of hair. I use that one a lot. I quietly quote this movie way too much. Um, That's why you and Rich are friends. Yeah. Uh, everything in the movie is, like, telegraphed. Like, the whole premise, like, you you know everything's fake. You know everything's, like, coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many things that are, like, just not realistic. Every chase scene, there's like six of them. Way too many chase scenes. Yeah. Like, like, Way too many. And it's like there's like giant like car crash payoff. Like like Richard Jenkins' car goes over a snowbank like four inches. And like it crashes in the front. And it's like, ooh, big action, big action sequence. And then the there's, cop cars. It's them fleeing. And Dana Carvey driving away twice. And then, like, the oh, pile... From the, robbing the bank. From robbing the bank. And then the pileup that happens because of him stopping short with, like, six cars. In this, like, perfectly sweet town, everyone's, like, yelling, cussing at one another on Christmas Eve. And then when they're, like, alone and they're lost, because Dana and Carvey took four lefts, um, and the car, like, pulls them over. And they, like, again, the, the one massive car crash, they fly off of, like, the overpass, and they probably fall, what, like... 30 feet. Yeah. And they get out of the car. Ow! That's it. And then the, Well, the, they were wearing their seatbelts. And the cop Buckle car. Up. Yeah, the cop car, like, I guess was not looking after them. Or not looking for them. Yeah, it wasn't. Mind you, the FBI is already on the case, right? Like, that's, they were the FBI? Yeah. Yeah. The FI They don't have, look, we know from watching Law & Order SVU, they don't always communicate well. The FBI, the, the, the FBI is in Paradise, Pennsylvania on Christmas Eve. Why not? Within an hour, I feel like. Because again, the they time... They have field offices. I'm sure that they have a field office in like Philadelphia. They had an entire gymnasium already set up yeah. <laughs> with everything. They don't, they don't waste time. It's been insane. Uh, they don't then, waste time. Don't, don't you remember when we watched Miss Congeniality? And then... Ah, I blocked out my memory. Uh, and then they... Also, at the train, uh, yeah, the, the bus station, uh-huh. there's that whole sh- uh, schmaz, and then they steal the horse. There's way too many things going there's, on here. There's the car chase with the horse. <laughs> Mind you, Dana Carvey driving a horse is beating FBI agents in in. Uh, He's the horse vehicles. whisperer. Uh-huh. Also, I love... Uh, what, you do... You do what you do. 
You do what I do. You do what you do. Scallions. Um, we didn't have snow chains. <laughs> we didn't have snow chains. <laughs> that was, I think, the funniest thing. <laughs> that was just chains. so funny to me. Because I don't know what the fuck snow chains do to your the, car. They, they help you drive in the snow. I figure. Um, also, would, something but else. But don't all the cars up there come with snow chains on them? No. So you have to like physically put on your cars. Know. You say it like I know. I've lived in Florida my entire life. When the fuck would I need snow chains? I don't know. Have you ever put snow chains on a car? That sounds like a Christmas album from Two Chains. <laughs> we have snow chains. I don't know what Two Chains sounds. I like should those. get him on my album. Greetings and felicitations, everybody. It's Doctor Teeth. Hi, Doctor Teeth. How's it going? It's going. How are you? Good. I'm gonna come out with my Snow Chains album. Okay. How's it? Can you sing us a a, a single? Nope. Gotta buy it. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write to write this album? Christmas. Oh, it's the Christmas season. What's your favorite Christmas song? The ones on my album. What's your favorite Christmas song that you don't sing? I sing them all. I know every Christmas album. Every Christmas song. Why don't you hit me up with a little Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Bitch, you better give me money. <laughs> What'd you think of this movie? Trapped in Paradise. I didn't watch it. Well, but that's what this podcast is for. We talk about movies that we watch. Oh, I just come to plug my shit. Sing, uh, salutations and Arrivederci. You don't know what that means. I'm just saying letters and... In different orders. Okay. Bye. You're the worst. <laughs> Dr. T's the worst. Uh, something else I liked that was totally nonsensical was uh, the prison. Uh, like the, the, the Vic or whatever his name is, like they're telling the story. The whole scene's so fucking weird. And they're like, just so happens that on Christmas Eve, they're talking about this bank robbery that's so perfect you know to pull off like we've already seen and his daughter works yada, yada. and then this like the oldest prisoner in the in the building walks in like or yeah, sure if you want to make a really shitty longest yard reference hey people uh, got it like walks up you got it and is like hey you know that story you're, you you always tell that literally you're telling right now when i'm within earshot of yeah the place just got robbed motherfucker you're in prison how do you know he, he gets the dailies. What dailies? I don't know. I've never been in prison. I don't know how that whole thing works. <laughs> All right, everyone, gather around. Here's news from the world. Pass this around. Let's discuss. No, it's not TPP 3124. Well, it's prison. I'm sure that they get, I'm sure that they get, like, TV time, and they can watch the news. They were eating. But that particular He was inmate, like, it just got robbed. Okay. Hold on. I'm on the phone with them as I speak. Hold on. Hold on. I did take a criminal justice class when I was in ninth grade. And oh my we did god, go... you know everything? I'm sorry? Go on. We did go on a tour of a prison. <laughs> Don't you remember this? And some guy like jerked off in my face. It was disgusting. I was a young and impressionable 14-year-old girl. You tell this story... All the time, and I, I don't, don't think, think I've, I've ever, ever called you out. No, I don't think I've ever called you out on this bullshit. I've never told this on the. On the you were in a group of people. I was. And one guy is behind bars. It was all guys. Feet, like yards, guys. feet away from you, and you make it sound like he's like, "Hey, you one girl, get over here well, right now, Splatoosh! and like. <laughs> I assume there. So it was through fucking human guano right in your fucking face. Well, no, it wouldn't be human guano. He went. He, he like jerked off. He didn't shit. Guano is shit. I was saying guano is white, human guano. Would be human poo. Whatever. Guano is the word for poo. Tell the story you really like to tell when... I don't really like to tell it. When a... When a... I was just trying to tell you... An incarcerated felon... During this tour... Came on you. During... He didn't come on me. He tried. During this (laughs) tour of the prison, they walked us through what their typical day was. And part of their day is they get an hour of TV time. Uh-huh. And I'm sure, with how overcrowded this prison was, they wouldn't be able to feed all the prisoners at the same time. So they probably had shifts, and that particular prisoner probably had his TV time and was watching the news and saw the robbery and then came to tell the people who were having their lunch time about it. And I'm not going to tell you my part of the story, the part that's actually interesting to those people out there, of what else happened to me on this tour. You could go suck a dick. Preferably this guy who's jerking off. So he probably had TV time or something. Look, you have to have, you have to, you really have to suspend your disbelief for this fucking movie. 
All right? This shit does not make sense at all. At all. At all. I still am at the beginning because I still didn't finish my, my sentence of John Lovitz and Dana Carvey and Nick Cage being brothers. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it either. And then why were the both of them in jail? Did they ever say? They, um... For, for, for robbing, robbing someplace. something? Yeah. And why was he not? I don't think he wasn't a part of it. Oh, okay. Like, like he's... But then it was his idea to, to do this one? Well, because he saw, like, how easy it was and the score from it and everything. Yeah. And this other thing, like, he's so anti-everything the whole time. Doesn't he want to pick him up from, from jail? Like, you know, gives the wallet back at the beginning, which is, you know, silly. And then, like, the pre-scene that follows... Um, and then he just decides all of a sudden, you know, also the fact that in, it took him, took him what, not even a day to rob a place, Dana Carvey, just cause he can't help himself. Oh yeah, he's a kleptomaniac. He felt compelled. Yeah. To and then Nicolas Cage himself. has to like, like run away from the police with the two of them, ch- flash his wallet to pretend to be a police officer. And then they have to go to his job where he's somehow a, a manager of a fancy restaurant and is still driving the shittiest car I've ever seen on film. They, they probably don't make a lot of money. I, I don't know, man. They work for tips. I don't know. I, he's a manager. A manager ain't getting no fucking tips. I don't know, man. I don't know how it works. Um, Have you ever worked in a restaurant? No. Good. <laughs> People would spit in your food. <laughs> what is the matter with you tonight? You were driving me... Even more up the wall than usual. What did you... You were saying there was many things you didn't like about the movie. What did you not like about the movie? No, I didn't say all that. I, I already addressed them. Literally, the only thing you don't like about the movie is the minutiae of banking 20-some-odd years ago? That... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine. No, and then I, I... I don't know. Some of it seemed to drag, and then there was a lot of characters for it being such a small town. There really is, yeah. There's like, like just a lot, like the church, and then the bank, and then the family and then you had like the, the bank president's wife who was this bitch for the president's my husband like what the fuck yeah she's proud what the fuck are you doing they were all sweet people what are you making fucking on shitting on these sweet people for they were so nice they they took them in they gave them clothes they gave them food she gave them money she kissed them on the cheek even though they ate all the giblet gravy, like really too much giblet gravy. Too much. And then they covered gravy. for them because they realized that they had done the right thing and they were good people. Yeah, there's way too many fucking characters. Way too many uh, characters. Because then you also have like uh, Clovis and what's his f- fucking face? Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Like what fucking? Um, they had that, and then you had, like, all the FBI dudes as yeah, well. Then was, you had the prisoners. Yeah, it's... For it being a small-town movie, there were way too many people yeah, in this movie. it's insane. I did not and then like they that. had to pigeonhole, like, maybe, I'm gonna go on record as saying, the worst romantic subplot of all time in a movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely the worst. It's just... Nick Cage doesn't have any chemistry with anyone but Nick Cage. And even that's pushing it. Like... <laughs> Come the on, awkward, co- the awkward conversation. We'll get that in a second. Uh, the awkward conversation in the bank itself when Dana Carvey's stealing all these pens, and like I don't, I don't think they're not flirting at all. Like one person's trying and the other person's not doing anything at all. And the next time they see her, is like when they're at the house, right? She's not even present during the robbery. Like you don't see her during the robbery. You didn't see her during the robbery. Yeah, she and was in on it. <laughs> she was not in on it. So then, like, they have, like, a really awkward conversation about a three-legged dog at the house. And then, for whatever reason, she is like, well, I'll take you guys to the, 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 uh, the Amtrak now. Ready? And she drives off like a bitch. And then they, of course, don't make it on the train. They make it back to the church. And they have, like, that really, really bad, like, trying to hit on each other conversation in the, the it was at a cemetery? Or, like, it was just, like, outside the church, and there was, like, some statue or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was so bad. And then she's so emotional about the money. Oh, it was so bad. That whole stuff, all of it's been bad. Just bad, 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 bad. They just didn't have chemistry. We've talked before how important chemistry is. Well, also, it was just it was poorly written. 
Like, it was yeah. pigeonholed into it. Like, it didn't need it. Just, like, there was no, never, really like, any really opportunity for the three brothers to, like, like, they hate each other the whole time. And then, like, the, the, the job goes off successfully, despite all the fucking mishaps and errors, having to take everyone across the street. I will say, a lot of that scene is very funny, though. John Lovett's, like, instructing everyone and singing. yoga, that was funny. And then... John Lovett did a good job. And then Nicolas Cage having to walk over and Dana Carvey talking in the car himself. Oh, that's very good. But, um, like, they, they celebrate about, like, doing the job right. And then the next, in the next scene, they're lost and they're angry with each other again. There's never any part, except when Dana Carvey almost drowns. Because, again, they have to add... How many almost deaths are in this movie, too? The, the horse almost gets eaten by the ice. Dana Carvey drowns. Uh, I'm surprised, like, John Levinson doesn't almost get fake shot again, like in City Slickers 2. But there's never a moment for them to, like, you know, I love you because you're my brother, and yada, yada, yada. Like, that's not any of that. The closest thing you have to it is, like, the, the diner scene when Dana Carvey, like, admits, you know, they stole his wallet and he's there for whatever reason. Yeah. And the only means that I'd seen is Nichols Cage to get out and leave, so he gets kidnapped or he gets picked up by the two guys that have his mom. If you don't, if you haven't seen this movie, all this sounds fucking confusing as shit, but this is yeah. all legitimately what happens. It is. Legitimately. Just like, uh, just like, um, the other, like, the other reveal, like, when they're all in the house together, that, like, John Lovett's, like, made up the fucking letter. Like, there's always just so much fucking layered and tacked on, and it's like, this is a stupid comedy. Like, it doesn't have to go that far, you know? I'm curious to see what uh, what else this George Gallo did. Because, for all intents and purposes, everyone seemed to... Hate his good. Kind of hate this guy. He looks, he looks kind of shitty. Um... He wrote Bad Boys. Also wrote Midnight Run, which is like a classic comedy. Yeah, but in terms of directing, he didn't do shit. Yeah, he seems to mostly be a writer. He wrote Codename the Cleaner. That should do it right there. That should kind of tell you... Um, tell you what you need to know. Um... Oh, you know, he also direct, directed uh, My Mom's New Boyfriend. Yeah, that, that, is. that very popular movie, My Mom's New Boyfriend. He directed Double Take with Eddie Griffin and Orlando Jones. That very popular movie, <laughs> Double Take with Eddie Griffin and Orlando Jones. Uh, you know, the Sprite guy and Eddie Griffin. Um, Eddie Griffin and the Sprite guy. It sounds like a radio show. <laughs> hey, um, we're Eddie Griffin and the Sprite did guy. Did you have a favorite part or a favorite? Huh? Your favorite part, uh-huh. favorite moment? I really liked the mom just when she was in the trunk. Them putting her in the trunk and then, then taking her out of the trunk. I just liked those scenes. I thought that... She was very she cantankerous, per- funny. Yeah, I thought yes. that it was... It, she did a good job with that. I, I yeah. laughed at that a lot. Uh, I, so I guess we can get an MVP and OVP because a lot of what I liked are like these weird ticks and idiosyncrasies that a lot of the like the actors like gave their characters... So like you said, like the mom, the mom's very funny. The mom just great. is great at cursing about getting kidnapped on the night Christ is born. Yeah. Uh, Richard Jenkins is just a lot of fun because it's like, why are you here? Like, I mean, granted, this was like 20 years before he was like a multi-time Academy Award nominated actor. But like, he's so great at being like frustrated and hating everything. So like him shitting on, uh, him shitting on like, the two dumb guys' license plate is very funny. Yeah. Him, like, just freaking out during, like, the interrogation scene of, like, what, 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 is, like, I don't know. It, like, it just worked. Like, it, it's very random, but it worked. Um, which is what a lot of the characters are. Um, who is your MVP? Oh. I mean, it's really hard to say... I think that we've talked about things we've liked from everyone. Um, I think that, I think, you know, John Lovitz and Dana Carvey, like we said, threw in a lot of humor, had some really good lines and scenes. Um, I really liked Flora Stanley, the mom. She's Um, not the MVP, though. I really liked her. I thought that she brought a lot to the scene she was in. Um, Who do you think? It's Dana Carvey, in my opinion. He didn't have the snow chain. Yeah, exactly. And despite that, 
Um, it, it'd probably be very easy for a character that is, like, voice so stupid and has such, like, a one-note, like, angle about him to be, to work, but he does a really good job at physical comedy, at facial expressions. Um, he consistently made both of us laugh he did. throughout he the did. movie. Also, is like, kind of the heart of the movie as well. Like, he's the one that kind of has, like, the change of heart and, you know, like is kind of... You do what you do, and I do what I do. He also, it's also a very good ending line where Nicolas Cage is staying in this town that he just robbed a bank from to try to make it with this uh, woman who works in a bank who was like adopted by this family because her dad's in jail. I don't get it either. Um, and she's like, hey, I think he's going to stay, boys. When are you two going to settle down? And Dana Carvey's like, we don't even like each well, other. When are you two going to get hit? Oh, he goes, oh, we're not even attracted to each other. And then he reveals he's stolen more shit. Um, yeah, I, I think Dana Carvey's the MVP of the movie. I feel like Andrew Zangri has modeled his personality and behaviors after Dana Carvey. In this that movie. is one of the most nonsensical things I've ever heard in my entire life. But it, but you see it though, right? Absolutely not. I think so. No. Dana Carvey is a kleptomaniac with a weird well, New York the accent. Not the kleptomaniac. Andrew Zangri is this fucking nomadic Jew. We're done. <laughs> uh, I'm making it Dana Carvey. Okay. Uh, that would make Dana Carvey joining the Two Timers Club, one of our first MVPs ever from Wayne's World. So Dana Carvey is um, a now a two-time MVP. We have 25, a nice solid round 25 multi-MVPs now um, with uh, Dana Carvey. Yeah, no, he's he's the best character in the movie, and he's and he's consistent, and he's funny throughout it. Um, yeah. Um, I tried to put Dana Carvey and said DNA Carey. Sure. Mm-hmm. Out of breath. Look, Madchen wasn't that bad in this movie, okay? All right, so explain to me who this woman is. Because every I, when I saw this movie, she's not the LVP, I don't think. I had a preconceived notion going into it that I remember her being weird because, like, just like Nicolas Cage, she has, like, four different accents in this movie. Well, yeah. Like, it's really bad, the accents in this movie. It's really, they're so uh, bad. That's why I also did a Carvey, like, he just has the, um, yeah, my name's Alvin Fupo. And, uh, now it's getting, oh, here we go again. It just always happens. Truman Capote comes out. Yeah. How are you doing? It's my new character. No, please don't make this a character on the show, because I really now. hate Truman Capote. It had to be, please. because I'm here. I'm going to completely shut down. Please don't. Well, you've been shut down almost the whole show, because you've just been talking bank robberies. I'm really not interested I just want to talk about film and the people I know. Hello, this is a dialogue. Can you talk to me? No? Get the fuck out. Okay, I'll be back. It's starting to drift, so goodbye. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but that voice gives me the heebie-jeebies. You're a homophobe. Um. <laughs> no, a homophobe. <laughs> Excuse you. I don't know. Just... How dare you? That's rude. <laughs> Alright, so anyway, so so Imagine. fucking off track this whole tra- this whole movie. Before we get to her. Well it's it's it art imitates life. Fair. Who is she on fucking Riverdale? She's Alice Alice fucking Cooper. Betty Cooper. Oh mom. cool. School's out for the summer. <laughs> Betty Cooper's I knew mom. I wasn't going to like that show for a reason. Why is Alice Cooper on the Archie show? It's Betty Cooper's mom. I know. I'm being sarcastic. You were trying to be funny, and it fell flat because it wasn't funny because mm-hmm. you don't know what humor is. Go suck a dick. That's why the is it? fourth time. Yeah, why is your threat? Good Lord. Because I feel like it's a big threat to you. What else am I going to say? Just tell me to go fuck myself. Go or fuck yourself. You homophobe. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Touche. Um, she wasn't good. So I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to make sense of the nonsense you've caused this podcast to turn into. Um, so Dana Carvey's the MVP. 
John Lovitz, normally not my favorite, is fine in this. Yes? Yeah. Dan- John Lovitz does that character very well. Nicolas Cage, another former LVP. Not my favorite. Not my favorite person. Has all those ticks and idiosyncrasies I talked about in everything he ever does, including this one. And for this one, it works. I'm tr- yeah. Here's my three favorite. Number one, why don't you stop your yakking and get to the jacking, which is for no reason at all, like something that he says at one point in the movie. Like, was he telling him to, like, jack off? No. And then he has the part in, where he's, like, in the car, and he's, like, like John Lovitz just got the film with his mom, like, pretending that they, like, can't go home. He goes... I don't know what you're saying at this moment. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. That then, was just so. And then he has another one. Oh fuck! I had it. I'm gonna lose it. Was it? It doesn't even open. He's like, yes. <laughs> or is that just every Nicolas Cage movie? I, I feel like he does every, that. Every Nicolas Cage movie. You're ridiculous. He has another one. He's like, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. Like Nicolas Cage is the fucking best. <laughs> he's the worst. He, he's not the LVP. Like he's he he's close. God, his accents in this movie are so bad. It's great. Um, I I like Richard Jenkins. I like. You know what? If uh, you try to be a professional actor and had to do these accents, yours wouldn't be very good either. I just wouldn't accept the roles. I would be what like, they said, no, you need to be from New York. You have to do like a New York accent. Okay, no. How many roles do you see of white-bred Ohio motherfuckers in these movies? Hey, I'm from New York. I just don't have a stupid accent. How's it going? Everybody from New York has a stupid accent. Get ourselves from the biggest fucking city in the world. Um, so, I also liked... Uh, I'm a big fan of... Um, I said Richard Jenkins. Um, John Aston who is the less dumb shop owner. He's, um... Yeah, great, I liked him. Great character actor. He's I did been not in, like the dumb shop owner. The dumb guy basically was like Diedrich Bader Light, <laughs> which <laughs> is <laughs> saying which <laughs> is saying something. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Clovis Minor. Um, I'm trying to see who else here. Uh, I like the shop owner. I like the bank owners. You know, like, they were nice and fine. I liked, uh... The priest? The priest was... He had a good, like, we'll talk later. When he's, like, basically lying, covering for the people that are robbed the bank. Yeah. Um... You know, looking at it, it's not looking good for Madge in here. Was she, was she worse than... Yeah, she was pretty fucking bad in this movie, okay? She's bad. Well, yeah, she just... This was, like, one of her first... Movie. She was young. So she should be lucky that she... This movie came out in 1994? Yeah. She was only 24. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, man, no, she, this wasn't... Uh, I was trying to give her the best. <laughs> no, she's back. on Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, she's on Twin Peaks already when this came out. She. This was not one, her first rodeo. Yeah, like, she, she couldn't emote very well at all. And she had all these accents. Oh, man, her, she was on a lot Her accent, of... like, I thought she was... Is she foreign or is she from America? She's American. So why'd she sound like she was like from like Slovakia or something at some I one mean, point? I mean, her family is German. Yeah, but... Or her she... name is German. She was born and raised in Nevada. That's why. But look. Spilling all three. That guy, did, that guy played oh, yeah, dumb. That was bad. But that guy played dumb really well, though. Did she he? couldn't play romantic or smart but that's also or a female was... really well. Whoa. You could tell she was a female. But yeah. also, you can't, I mean, how would you do if you had to play the romantic lead opposite Nick Cage? Oh, I'd have fun with it. Okay. Man, she was in a lot of stuff before she was in this movie. I feel bad. <laughs> like. Oh, man. There's also, uh, you know what was, was weird? Uh, I have a question. I don't mean to sound offensive. Was that guy actually mentally handicapped? I'm sure. No, I don't know. That was, like, that was very weird because, like, it seemed like they were treating it really well at first. Like, because Andy Carvey almost hits him. And they're like, is, it, is he retarded? Like, well, they, well, unfortunately, they're like, is he retarded? I'm like, oh, that's not the right phrasing yeah. anymore. <laughs> you uh, can't but, like, say that. But, but like, they're trying to be like nice about it. But then later, 
like they're just shitting all over him, and he comes out like a babbling idiot in a Santa outfit when they steal his horse. Oh man! But, yeah. but then like he saves the day. He's he's been in sixty five. Yeah, but is he, yeah, but is he like quirky from Life no, Goes On man, and like in a lot of shit. Okay, good. So he just can convince convincingly play a mentally handicapped dude. Good for him. Oh, the three-legged dog. <laughs> Gotta love when a, you uh, set up shop somewhere and there's a three-legged dog. And you're like, well, that's too weird to not be in the movie. It's in the movie. And then they actually name the fucking dog Tripod. Well, what else would you name a three-legged dog? Fucking Scruffy. The Tripod's cool. It's also pretty offensive. That sounds like it's the racist. The dog doesn't know. But it might. And that's just sad. Are we making it Madchen? Madchen Amak? I she... guess. Okay. That makes me sad. I like her in this uh, movie. She's good. Make sure I get the umlaut Or she, I like her in Riverdale. She's good. Okay, great. This is in Riverdale. Well, I know that. So she was the worst part in this movie. Alright. You're the worst part in this movie. No, I, you definitively are the worst part. Um, John Bergantine, you're off the hook <laughs> for your portrayal of Clovis Minor in Trapped in Paradise. Um, because Sarah upstairs, you say her upstairs. Now you say her downstairs. Oh, God. I would pay... Uh, I was looking at the wrong re- retarded. I would pay a stupid... <laughs> I would pay a stupid amount of money to watch Nicolas Cage of Sex. I was looking at the wrong one. I was looking at the deputy who was... Oh, no, that, that guy obviously wasn't. Oh, this guy's been in a lot of porn. Word? This John Bergantine? Well, Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, that's like Cinemax porn. Cinemax porn. Yeah. And this. That shit, that shit... Those are the only two things he's been That shit, in. when you were like 10 years old, that shit worked. Let me tell you. You're so gross. Um... Right, David Duke is the host. Where say he was David Duke? So he was the Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard? Good lord. Um, Alright. Anything else? No. You thoroughly got me so off track in this. I don't know what's happened. From everything. I was very excited to do this. I'm sorry. And why Trapped in Paradise Why just... didn't you guide this a little more then? Because it's Trapped in Paradise. We got trapped within Paradise... Covering this movie. I will watch this movie. I, I want to rewatch this movie right now. I hate you. This is a good movie you can just put on the TV. Though. Exactly. And just, it's background noise. Noise is right. It's got, it's got some legitimately funny parts to it. Some, some cl- funny lines. It makes no real sense in terms of the order of everything that's going on and how things shake out. But, you know, a federal, an FBI agent. And a whole town of good people just letting these three cooks get away because they had a minor change of heart. Like, it's stupid, but God damn it, it just warms my heart. All right. Score time. You go first. Six and a half. Wow. I liked it. Wow. Didn't at one point, like, there was one part in the movie, I forget when it was, I think it's when, like, Richard Jenkins, like, shoots the air out of their tires. You're like, what the fuck are you making me watch? Well, yeah, but it's like, what the fuck are you making me watch? Like, this is so bad, but I'm like, eh, it's all right. If they had corrected some of these bank robbery scenes, then it would have been a little bit higher. But I enjoyed it. And I, I wasn't liked, even to go that high. I'm like, liked, I love this and movie. And talking about this, and you're talking about, you know, Dana Carvey's character, John Lovitz, it reminded me of those scenes. I really liked them taking... The people from the restaurant over. Yeah. And everything. I thought that, that was really funny. No, I'm robbing the bank. Yeah. I thought that was funny. I just really enjoyed that part. I'm trying to find. I'm going to the. Uh, the... Oh, it's like 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to the quote section of IMDb to see. Oh, that's what it was. I found it. <laughs> uh, when Alvin, when Alvin's like, hey, can we stop off and get some? And he goes, ring the, oh, sure. Then we'll get some balloons and go to the puppet show. <laughs> Nicholas, fuck, man. Can I make the MVP Nicholas Cage? Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is everything. He's But you remind me of these. So I'm like, I see it in my head and I'm like laughing at it. Good. 
Also, when he when he robs a place, he has like a southern accent. All right, it's a goddamn robbery. <laughs> he went, he used this as a platform to launch different characters. They're all in his fucking head. I have I have <laughs> I have in my cart on Amazon. I've had for a very long time. It's a very famous movie. It's called like Deadfall or something. And he plays like this mafia character. The only way I can describe what he looks is: Do you remember what Uncle Rico looks like in Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> He looks like that, but he's like a gangster, and he's got like sunglasses on, and like literally he had to dub over his lines in the movie because he's so unintelligible. But he's still like talking like this. I'll have to pull up a video after this so you no, can see no. like the highlights of it. Um, yeah, God damn it, I could talk about Nicolas Cage for hours. So let's let's wrap this shit up. Yeah. Uh, oh, I have to score it. I mean, you fucking confuse the shit out of me. <laughs> Uh, I refuse to let you give this up. I'll go with six and a half, too. I was going to go lower, because I was going to, like, fault this movie. But now I looked at it, and I, I'm going to have to rate it higher than Death Becomes Her. And it's going to be the same level as 1776. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. I think it got a bad rap. I think that it, sounds about right. I think, I, and I think it's one of those movies that, like, you either like it or you don't like it. But like I said, it's one that you could just pop on. It's got some laughs. You know, even, what, 25 years later almost? Oh, God. Yep. Um, almost 25 years later, it still makes you laugh at some parts and just the delivery. I think it was a good ensemble cast. I think that they got the right people. Ra- aside from, you know, the romantic leads. This, yeah. But this. I think they had good chemistry. Before I die. I want to see Nicolas Cage sing Molasses and Rum. So fucking bad. Tell me that's not the greatest idea you've ever heard. How would he do it? I refuse. (laughs) (laughs) I plead all the fifths. I I don't even deserve to impersonate it. That's how great of a concept that is. It's a pretty good concept. Exactly. So it was my nomination. So uh, we already kind of have some things in place for uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, our random drawing movie is going to have to wait. Um, so I, my, it was my nomination. Samantha nominated two movies for us. All right. Well, I was real disappointed in my girl, Madchen. I got real excited for this movie because she was in it. Because I'm a big, big fucking nerd. And I really, really like Riverdale and all those CW shows and everything. So I was real excited for my girl matching to be in it. So I was real upset that didn't she was the pan LVP out. In the movie? Yeah, that she she was the LVP. Mm-hmm. So if you if if you listen to the show before, you know that when I make my nominations, I like them to relate in some way, shape, or form oh, to the current movie. Tits. <laughs> to the current movie, usually by actors, because that's usually the easiest thing for me to do. Because. I don't know what fucking movies we own and don't own, except for a handful of them. Such a simpleton. You're a jerk off. So people who star in Riverdale with Madchen are um, one of the other parents, Hiram Lodge, is played by uh, Mark Consuelos, who's Kelly Ripa's... Oh, Kelly Kelly Ripa's beard. Yeah. No, Kelly Ripa's husband. Uh, They're madly in love. And he was in the movie Cop Out. Okay. <clears throat> with Bruce Willis and don't ask me how I found show, that this out. This shows how big of stars Riverdale has. The other huge star in Riverdale is my boy Cole Sprouse. Oh yeah, Big Daddy. That's my favorite. <laughs> he's, he's been in other things besides Big Daddy. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and Big Daddy's my other nomination. Yeah, Big Daddy. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that'll be our next podcast. So it was probably. just—it was just on like IFC the other day. It was, and I was, it was already just like, on television. Man, fuck! You want to talk about? I quote trapped in paradise all the time. I trapped Big Daddy, way too fucking much. I'm just happy we don't have a son. Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin's a good man. We'll talk about that next time on the podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married to Movies. We encourage you as always check us out arcadeaudio.net. Put a little umph in it. You sound like you're just going through the motions. You've thoroughly exacerbated me on this show. And I was tired before we started, and I'm just waiting to watch these Nicolas Cage deadfall I'm not watching this. Oh, you're watching all these. Started. Arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the other ones on our network of shows. 
Uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, Patreon for bonus content. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review us. Hit us up, MarriedToMovies at gmail.com. Follow us on all social media. Twitter, Facebook, and uh, vote for the 2014 Mullet Awards, arcadeaudio.net slash themullets. Next week, Big Daddy. The week after that, our Thanksgiving slash Jillian birthday show. Week after that, our Hanukkah show. And the week after that, probably a fucking fistful of dollars. <laughs> that sounds about right. At least right. we have like a month away before we have to fucking watch another Western. So, you know. It is what it is. And he, I don't know why I said that like Todd Chrisley. Well, well, well. Um, I will not. I will not. Please do don't make him a nope. character on nope. the show. I already have my feminine man on the show. And this is honestly like the only impression I can kind of do. For mullet. This is Truman Capote. Signing out for Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. There's the movies. I, I, I have movies about me. I was in movies. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.